I had to go to like urgent care. They were like, hey, you got like some stress ulcers most likely and you need to dial it back. It's a tough pill to swallow. I'm having fun. Mm -hmm. I'm having a blast doing it, but. Welcome to Profession Session. I'm your host, Brody Vinson. And in this show, I interview all types of professionals across different areas and talk to them about the types of things that have made them successful so far. And today I've got a repeat guest on, Andy Varnes of Varnes Media Company. Andy, thank you so much for being on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you for having me in the studio. This is actually your studio, the official Varnes Media studio. We're back in here recording again. Dude, recording's in here from time to time, and I'm very gracious to have the studio to uh, record the show and thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to have you on because you were my guest number four of the entire show. Um, over 40 episodes now. So it's been a little while since we've kind of checked in and talked about what's been going on with Varnes Media Company. But I wanted to do a little bit of a year in review talk because you've had a lot of things go well this year, a lot of lessons learned and a lot of little adaptations that you've made kind of along the way. And I thought it would be interesting to just kind of go over those like, from the business owner perspective and kind of talk about like what it's been like running a media company in 2022. It's been a crazy year. Really, really cool year. We had our first discussion at the, about the end of March. So mm -hmm. we were just moving into here and everything was kind of full speed to the go. Since then, we've grown dramatically. We had this concept of running social medias on kind of the subscription type basis and and building brands, morphing from my main skill set that was videography and photography. So far, it's turned out to be great. Yeah, it's been really cool following the evolution of Varnes Media Company from an outside perspective because you did, like you just mentioned there, you went from photography to videography to really full content management this year, really kind of making that big jump every year and really expanding the company. And I think that's really cool. There's a really good lesson in there about just being able to adapt to what's working well in the industry and expand on what you're doing. So when we last checked in, you were kind of in the beginning of that content subscription management, like you said, and as I've been able to observe this year, you've really grown that and have a number of clients now. Talk a little bit about the first couple clients that you had in that model and how that went. First couple of clients, definitely learning curves, whether that is from the scheduling and, and the posting side of the content to creating everything to honestly just the day in day out consistency it's an entire learning curve you're thinking about oh this would be super easy we charge x amount we can go in and shoot all the content in one day which it was a great idea and everything and it's kind of it's kind of worked out great from there but there are a lot of a lot of learning curves uh, to everything. What are some major ones that stand out that were most difficult to overcome? Hey, it's your host, Brody Vinson. Thanks so much again for tuning into Profession Session. And if you're enjoying this podcast, learning anything, please don't forget to subscribe or leave a review if you're listening on audio. Like and subscribe. I'm telling you, 2023, this stuff's taking off. Helps so much for growing the show and getting new and better content and better guests on. Thanks and back to the show. I think the big thing was just consistency. Just a day in, day out process of everything. And then the the biggest thing, which I think most would have had a difficult time with, was thinking like that individual and saying, how can I make 
this individual or this business's life easier. And I think it comes at a disadvantage to us short term, but long term, it's going to be a huge advantage because we aren't a cookie cutter mold. We see what they have to work with and then we morph to that. For some clients, it is strictly content. We need some social media. It is okay. We'll focus directly on that first. For others, it might be email marketing. For for others, it could be YouTube editing. It it doesn't it it doesn't necessarily matter, you know, what the specifics are. If we can do it, we're going to kind of mold the package to it. So, um, people will kind of ask me, okay, well, what's your rates for for doing this? And it's like, okay, well, everybody's kind of different because everybody has different needs. Um, just, just now in 2023, we are, we are going to launch the kind of a, a step-by-step process on everything of, okay, you can pay X amount of dollars and you get these specific items because we know, okay, this is, it keeps our margins in check and we know, okay, we can, we can stay consistently at this and we know you can grow from this. And you probably have been able to realize what kind of labor that takes, what kind of hours per week and per month that takes. Whereas it sounds like 2022 has been about just overcoming the learning curves, like you said, but also figuring out what avenues cost certain amounts, what how to best use your time. Another thing I wanted to talk about is you actually, you have an employee now that works for you that, uh, that helps you with a lot of the client management and everything. And that was a new development for you. I know you kind of had people helping you here and there last time we talked, but you now have someone that's, I think, about 30 hours a week. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Taking her on has been kind of a, a process for you this year where it's been a learning curve for you as well in being able to figure out how to delegate things. What have been some of the challenges with bringing on someone and being able to delegate into a client management I think finding someone that cares more about the passion of it and learning side of it and doesn't focus on necessarily the finances side of it, more so just, hey, I want to grow, I want to learn. I know that income is going to come along the way, mm-hmm. but the the big focus is growth. Uh, and I think finding someone that says, I want to grow, you know, at, at this stage, um, is is pretty key and i think i mean because my the people that i'm I'm working with they're they're younger Mm -hmm. in general and so i think it's you know i think if you're finding someone a little bit older okay obviously it's a little bit different of what you're looking for you're looking for someone that's a little more established and that specific yeah very specific qualifications i think i think at this stage though if you're looking to bring someone on for the first time you either invest into something but that also requires capital so if you don't have capital then you need to find a person that can grow with you and that will invest with you on everything someone looking to forego maybe as much money as they could find elsewhere in a different opportunity that's a little more established for the opportunity to just grow very quickly. Someone just looking to really come in and grow an unlimited amount. Yeah, exactly. If if I wasn't doing what I'm doing now, what I would do is I would find a a guy probably a little bit older than me, you know, maybe you know, younger 30s, um mid 30s, and I would say, "Hey, I'll work for free." And let me grow with you. 
because I know my capabilities saying if I, you know, work as hard as I possibly can and if I continue to grow and build with you, I trust that the person that I choose has good character and is going to keep me around. But I also know that I'm going to give them a value that is going to take their business from, you know, from X to Y to, to eventually Z. And I'm going to be able to kind of ride the coattails along in the background. Yeah, I think really what you're looking for is someone that is just committed to figuring out how to be the most helpful to you that they could possibly be. Exactly. And without you having to pull them along. Another thing I want to talk about is the client management side in particular. Obviously, you've had a number of different clients you've worked with this year, some of which you have had for shorter amounts of time for like specific projects or some you've had for extended periods of time. What would you say are some of the things you've learned this year that go most into good client retention? What are you mentioned making the client's life easier? I would imagine that's part of it, but what are the big things that help you retain clients at a service-based building? Communication. That's going to be number one. Every, every single time it is, it's communicating, especially if there's an issue. I know everybody kind of gets a pit in their stomach to where, let's say, someone needs something or something bad's happening and you get that text. Well, if something awry goes around, if a post isn't met, if something is gone, okay, well, guess what? That That is not a good feeling. But what's even worse is not responding right away, saying how and when you're going to fix it. Yeah. And I think I think communication is going to be is is honestly bigger than I don't know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I mean obviously it's going to be results driven but being very communicative and showcasing the effort of taking them somewhere is, is going to be the biggest factor it is saying okay hey we need to go ahead and schedule this out for next week when are you available when can you make time for me I'll even come to you without necessarily talk about specific clients can you give me an example of kind of just a general kind of example of when you feel like communication went awry and then also give me an example of when you feel like good communication went into really making a situation better yeah yeah absolutely so so a, a good example of when communication went awry uh, I actually lost a client because of it, or I, I, I probably lost a couple clients, um, and it was during the build-out of the studio, because you're, you're spread too thin, it's not like you're meaning to do anything, but when, when you're spread too thin, you can only choose so many, so many things. I made the lapse of judgment of focusing on this over, you know, over them, and that wasn't the deal that I had with them. And so that was just a big, that was, I mean, that, it was, it was just a, it was a learning lesson, more so a slap on the wrist mm -hmm. of myself saying, Hey, keep, keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. So, so that's, that's a good example of that. But I think a good example of just good communication is almost a pestering side to, to the, to the client of, to where, okay, you're not waiting for them. You're going ahead and trying to set things up and you're trying to make their lives easier because the reason you're there is because they're too busy to do whatever they're trying to get done. So I think there's a really good point in there about in a service-based business, right? Especially if you're working with a business owner, entrepreneur, or a busy person as your client, 
they really are looking for a service that is going to make their lives easier and and keep them held to something. But one of the biggest difficulties in getting out of what you are looking to get out of a service is actually putting in the time that it takes to follow up and get it done the way you want it to. And a lot of this is coming from a business owner who's I've kind of learned this the hard way, unfortunately, is a lot of times you don't get out of a service what you're looking to get out of it because you there just isn't a lot of communication just out of virtue of you not having a lot of time to communicate or having a lot of things on your mind. Mm -hmm. So I think if you are the service based business dealing with that busy person, that's a great point you made about just being almost pestering almost to the point of pestering Mm -hmm. them just really really following up a lot because as a business owner for me that's what i like like we have an accounting company that we work for and our business that we run together Mm -hmm. and he the main guy that runs it he has an assistant now that is kind of in charge of our account and she's been great with following up and I will completely forget about accounting for a while because mm-hmm. there's just so many things going on. And then she'll follow up and say, hey, I need this from you, need this from you, didn't get this from you, could you get that yeah. to me? And then I'm like, yes, I do want to mm-hmm. I want to stay up to date with accounting, but I'm not thinking about it. And that's why I reached out to find someone for it. So pestering and look like getting the client to actually follow up and communicate with you is very important. Yeah. So uh, a good example of that is putting yourself in their shoes and making a decision and then coming to them, giving them the solution and saying, what do you think about this? Um, a good example, a, a close friend of mine will do a lot of stuff together um, where I'm running a lot of the back end of his, uh, his, his business and everything. And I'll go ahead and because I know him so well, I'll go ahead and make the decision. I'll say, hey, here's the issue. I think we should do this, 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 this. Um, I know you're busy right now. If you're cool with all this, type yes. Yeah. Or like it. Like li- literally just make it as simple as possible. And like they'll literally like it. And I'm like, great. Like it took them two seconds to make that decision. And I can just go from there. And that and that's all I needed. Busy people very much like to be handed a couple options that are distilled down to the simplest possible thing just do you want to go this way or this way and it's all thought out i think mm-hmm. that's not hey here's a problem and what are we going to exactly. do about it because that's it it's going to take so much time out of their day that they don't have so i think that's a great point you do the thinking for them if you can find a problem solver on your team you need to keep them yep it and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if they do something wrong like i've had people to like you know They'll, they'll make a bad mistake and everything. But I am so thankful that they made a mistake instead of wait for what I would say. Yeah, because they tried it and then mm-hmm. they learned how not to do it wrong next time. Mm-hmm. Nothing nothing bugs me more than saying, well, you weren't you weren't here to, you know, to, to tell me what to do. And it's like, all right, this is a startup business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's plenty to do. It, it could literally be. You know, it, it could literally be just organizing shelves, mm-hmm. you know, make, you know, in the in the time that you got, make make your life, you know, make my life just a little bit easier. Great note just for anyone who's an employee of any kind is just look to make your employer's life easier in any and every way. Look for look for 
challenges they're having and be their problem solver. You will make, this is a thing I talked about in the last podcast I recorded actually is uh, my guest was making a point about becoming really irreplaceable. If you establish yourself as the go-to problem solver, you're going to learn how to do things and know how to do things that your employer doesn't even know how to do and that they come to rely on you for. And that's not only going to make you irreplaceable, but they're going to move you up and bring you up and find ways for you to grow because you have established yourself as a problem solver and someone who's going to continue to be one. Exactly. So another thing I wanted to talk about is just how the kind of the evolution throughout the year of the actual content management model. It sounds like you've kind of opened it up to a couple different models of management. What is your tip? What does your typical client look like right now on the content management side? As of right now, it's very diverse. I don't have a clientele that's kind of my specific specific type, which in 2023, that is going to be kind of a focus is figuring out, okay, what is our, our niche? Barnes Media's core capability. Exactly. As of right now, we cater to real estate agents. We've catered to entrepreneurs, real estate investors, to just strictly any type of small business, gyms, trainers. It's an array of things. So I think in 2023, I want to try to figure out, all right, there's a, there's a couple to where we really focus and dial in on and we try to build that clientele up to 25 consistent. You know, you might have five in each category or something like that and you kind of have condensed everything down. If you had to put like one thing, what would be the biggest challenge that you've had this year as a business owner that you think you've been able to overcome? The balancing act of everything. One thing that hasn't been necessarily the issue is Getting the work, which is a huge, huge blessing. You've had a, a surplus of work, of demand. Mm -hmm. Just about every day I'm busy. Mm -hmm. Whether whether that is because I'm undercharging or just strictly overworking, it seems as, I mean, almost as soon as I, I go out and I start making our services known, we'll get a new client. I remember, I remember calling you a couple months ago. And I was just like, hey, I lost this client and everything because of the, they just, the fund, their funds are cutting back. And then I'm thinking about this one and, that, and I'm, and I was kind of stressing out a little bit and I'm like, okay, no, no, no. Like it's go time, like turn on everything. And within three days I picked up like four. Yeah. I feel like every time I ask you how things are going with Barnes Media Company, you're like, well, I've got a new client and maybe another new one next week. <laughs> so it's, you do always have people interested. So that's a good position to be in. I guess the the challenge comes in just deciding which avenues are best to pursue. And it sounds like the focus going forward is honing in on the best things that you do. What do you think are the, like looking forward to 2023, what are the things that you think Barnes Media Company has succeeded in best this year? I think creating brands for other people. I think that's, that's something that it took a lot of work of figuring out, okay, what is the best way to make it most cost effective to you, mm -hmm. but you get the best bang for your buck and the stuff that we'll put out is really, really good. Yeah. I've noticed you have a lot of people that come to you where they have a business idea or the early stages of a business and not necessarily a brand yet. What goes into creating a brand? It's 
listening, listening to the person. And then from there, you have to piece together what that is. A good example is Ryan. I helped him kind of kick kickstart everything. And he came to me and look, he has the business. Mm-hmm. He's got the clients. He's got the salesmanship. He can bring the business in. It's the everything that's supposed to go into the business that was the issue. It's the website, the business cards, the logo, all that stuff. And it's like, oh, that's the easy part. Yeah. That's the easy part. But the issue is... That's the part that... Well, it's it's easy because you've got a lot of reps under your exactly. belt helping people. Mm-hmm, exactly. Because I can go in and be like, hey, if you focus on the business part, mm-hmm. I can get everything else. Yeah. We can figure out the logo. You know, we can figure... We can figure out the social media. We can figure out the website. If you can get the clients from A to B and at C, they're happy every time. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part. Our part's as easy as can be. I'll say, hey, just start talking. Tell me your story. Tell me your passions. Tell me, and I'm writing everything down. And while I'm writing, I'm thinking, okay, how we can formulate this together. And what helps me the most is working with those type of clients. The ones that can go from A to B equals C, they're always really easy to tell and to build around. I've dropped a couple people before, I mean, in in the past year, because I'll be honest, I didn't believe in them. Strictly because I'm thinking, I don't want to sell this brand. It's too disorganized. There's been a couple potential clients that you decided not to work with because it's just not an organized enough thing. It sounds like looking forward, you are looking to identify businesses that have a core competency in place, something that's working really well. And I think what Varnes Media Company does a really good job of is identifying those and just helping put those businesses in a place where they are ready to actually scale up in a digital presence. Mm-hmm. The, the way I like to think about it is Varnes Media is just a booster. You're going in the right direction. We just boost you way ahead what are some things aside from just ability to fulfill a client in the the service or product what are some things that tell you a business is on the right track or the right trajectory so one thing that i'm eternally grateful for is that in my industry i get to work with different businesses every single day so i can see the good versus the bad i can see how successful businesses are ran and then i can also see how the ones that are teetering how they operate so uh one one core in mind is i got started pretty early working with a company called casper architecture and i got to see how they treat their people and i got to see how they generally care about that everybody is, you know, happy and everybody's a team player. And just that overall culture of building together. And they're obviously an amazingly successful company. And I also got to see the business owner that wanted to be the business owner and not one of everybody. They weren't necessarily the team player. They wanted everybody else to do the work. Seeing stuff like that really helped me. Our friend Steve, listening to him talk about how he would bring people in together for a meeting in the bathroom when he would clean the bathroom toilet mm-hmm. you know it's story. it's learning from other people that i can basically just copy and paste into my business how do you stay educated in your industry amidst being so busy and bogged down oftentimes in operations how do you keep yourself educated i hate to say it but i really don't listen to music anymore 
whenever I'm driving, it's 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 on YouTube, it's on podcasts, it's on audiobooks. My music ended in 2017, just about. <laughs> like it's like I'm having the same problem. I almost wish there was like a subscription service that would just I mean there kind of is. There's Spotify has like a playlist for it, but I almost needed like even more closely delivered to me, just a subscription really service that would just give me music I like. Like it's it's terrible. Like I don't think I have one song from 2022 <laughs> saved. Like I don't have one song. Like not one. While I'm while I'm working editing pictures, I have honestly it's YouTube. Mm-hmm. It is YouTube. It is watching Gary V. Uh, it is watching. I mean, you know all the you know Cody Sanchez. It's Alex Ramosi. It's it's watching all of their content, and I can just soak it in and replicate. Yeah. What are the biggest things that you've learned about good content creating practices in 2022? Good content creating practices. Consistency is the big one. And scheduling time for creativity. Before you decide to jump in to say, hey, I just need to create things today, plan it out a little bit. Plan what those posts are going to be. And I'll let you know, you can shoot you know, 30 pieces of content in a couple of hours compared to trying to figure out what to do that every day. And you're going to spend an hour a day trying to look at, look up things, look at trending sounds, look up ideas. And suddenly it's taking an hour and a half of your day of just one post. That's a terrible ROI. Very true. So just kind of doing it in big batches, like Mm -hmm. scheduling blocks of time, it sounds like to just really focus singularly on one particular thing Mm -hmm. at scale i have noticed like in practice just talking to you like it seems like you'll like for example you've been helping me with some of my clips the last couple weeks and rather than making like one one day one the next one the next you'll be like all right here's three to five yeah them all in like an hour and a half get fully into the zone you get into the flow and you're just hey i'm doing it right now and you just knock everything out you have it all in front of your computer it is much, much easier to just go on to the next clip versus closing it, you know, doing some other things. And then suddenly your brain has to realign and everything and it just takes longer. It's like your mind is like a computer. And if you take the time to close out Google Chrome and shut down your computer, put it in sleep mode and then turn it back on, open up everything, let it reboot just to do one individual thing. That's a lot less efficient than just keeping it open, knocking out a bunch of the same thing, then closing it down. Mm -hmm. One of my biggest issues, and that's what I want to focus on over the next couple months, is that I'll work a little bit all day. Mm. That's one thing that I've noticed is... That especially, yeah, it's especially on like weekends. And the issue is it stays on my mind the entire day. Like on weekends, okay, I'll get up early, I'll go and spend time with, you know, some friends in the morning or something like that. But then I'll go to the office about 12 or so and I'm working, but also, you know, I'm like, oh, it's like a weekend. I can kind of not go as hard. But suddenly I've gotten four hours in. And I've only gotten X amount done. And I'm like, if I would have just doubled down, I would I could have had everything done I wanted to in two hours. And I could have had the rest of my Saturday to myself. 
I'm so bad about that too. There's some advice that I got recently about work-life balance, and it's a thing I struggle with a lot too. The advice I got that I've been thinking a lot about recently is if you are trying to be a little bit better about that is I really like what you're saying. And then on the flip side of it is if you are realizing that you're kind of working past when you should be or have agreed to like internally is just taking a second, like all the things that are on your mind, just writing them down and postponing it. Yeah. If you're really bad about like not being able to shut it off. Just write it all down and you can do it the next day or mm -hmm. something. This kind of brings us to the topic that we had talked a, a little bit off air. It's very timely for you right now. <laughs> You've had some crazy stuff going on lately with like yourself being a little bit overworked. Talk about that a little bit and talk a little bit about what you are looking to do about it or have started to do about it going forward. So background on the past little thing, basically very, very recently, like a couple of days ago, I had to go to like urgent care. I thought I had just had like flu-like symptoms and everything just like really, really was struggling the past couple of days. And basically they were like, hey, you, you got like some stress ulcers most likely and you got, you know, your, your, you know, completely drained on, on a lot of things. Like you need to, you need to dial it back. And I'll be honest, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow because yeah. I'm like, I'm, cause I don't know, half of me is like, you're not stressed at all because I'm having fun. Mm -hmm. I'm having a blast doing it. Yeah. But that also doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not, you know, working myself too much sometimes, which is really hard for me to say just because that's just a lifestyle that I like to live by. Like I remember like telling a, a friend of mine, I was like, humanity can, we could push ourselves like really, really far. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like weekends didn't exist for most of humanity. Weekends weren't around. And even with that, most of humanity was based around you worked from sunup to sunset and then you went to bed mm -hmm. and then you just did it again. Yeah. You know, we're designed to like, work. we're designed to, take to take a lot of stuff on and so that's really kind of how i just live day to day and people will be like you know you need to take some time away i'm like why i guess this is why <laughs> <laughs> i guess this is so, so you obviously you had a little bit of a scare there and kind of a a realization what does that mean for you going forward how are you going to be addressing that i know it's a very new thing for you yeah it's a this happened sunday this is two days later <laughs> i haven't been able to process exactly what i'm going to do one thing my girlfriend did say is maybe you look to say like no shoots on sunday maybe you take an editing day where you don't go in the office but you can just work from home you do like an editing day so it's, it's things like that. Even yesterday on my technical day off, I just got so antsy. I just enjoy it so much. I would much rather do that over watching TV. I think I watched probably three hours of TV yesterday and I was ready to pull my hair out. Yeah, you know? I'm the same way. I think there's like variations of doing your work where you can tone it back a little bit and be well served. Obviously take some time off too every now and again and do other things, but I get almost more stressed if I'm not working yeah. sometimes. Like if I'm just sitting around and doing something that feels unproductive, I get way more stressed. Unless it's like a structured set thing where I know I'm going to do this thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I guess it is just figuring out that balance and setting some boundaries around it. I think having, for you, you're pretty much always in here. So having that like 
chill editing day will probably serve you really well. I know you get like very in the zone yeah. when you do that. What are some other things kind of looking forward to 2023 that you will be looking to work on around Varnes Media Company? Varnes Media it's, is looking to take a big step. In August, we hit kind of our the idea that I was like, okay, a good revenue goal. For everything, August, September time, I had specific goals, but we had a lot of stuff going on with our, our other business and everything, and I have my hands in a lot of places. 2023 is going to be a really big step year. It's it's going to be, I'm not going to say like a takeoff year, but I took some time off and I kind of scaled everything back specifically to get systems in place, mm-hmm. specifically to look at how... We're going to grow over these next couple of years. And basically the steps to get us from point A to point B is not going to get us to the next stage. We're going to have to figure out how to get to that next step. And and so those months were spent saying, okay, here's, here's how we're going to do it. Making a goal, working backwards from there. Do you want to talk numbers a little bit, like about 2022 compared to the last couple of years and like what you're looking to in 2023 like projections wise Mm -hmm. i won't say specific numbers but percentages even i'll gladly go into percentages this is my third year basically focusing on everything and so far every year we have basically doubled Mm -hmm. every single year in revenue it's awesome by the way congrats so so yeah so yeah very tough to do we're looking to try to double again next year if that happens then it'll be really good you know, it means I can bring more people on. It means that most likely the systems that we've began to put in place and the kind of idea of the flow of everything is working. Yeah. What are the thing, the biggest things that you need to address as far as getting the systems in place before you begin to work on that scaling up? I think it is getting people in place that can honestly edit video it's a skill set and it's figuring out the people side of everything as well as the process side of everything every video it's got to be quicker we have to figure out how to edit it quicker than anybody else because if we can edit it quicker than anybody else then we can charge less and we can get way more customers that's the goal is we can knock out a reel in 20 minutes a great edited reel in 20 minutes that's a really big goal how can we get a reel down to about that time limit Mm mm-hmm I like it. Going into reels a little bit and, and content specifically, I have, there's at least one client you have in mind that I have in mind that I've seen grow a lot through the work that you guys have been doing for her. What are the things that you've seen work incredibly well for continuous growth with not just reels, but overall content management for a brand? I'm thinking of Bianca. Yeah by the way, because she, I know she's been kind of a long-term client for you now. She was a guest on the podcast too, and I've seen her channels grow a lot since working with you and just consistency in the content. So it's consistency and it's continuous revisions almost. So what I mean by that is looking at her goals and then combining our creativity with efficiency to where we can make her life easier. And that's going to be the big goal. And then saying, all right, if we begin to write scripts, that's that's one thing that we're going to focus on next year is thinking more like her, scripting everything out to where she can come in and film, record, 
um, to where we can knock everything out in one day, potentially for an entire month's worth of content. Wow. That would be, that's a huge goal for me, is figuring out the way to get that, get our processes so streamlined. We can knock everything out in one day. Talk about the scripting process a little bit. It sounds like that's a thing that's still developing, but that you've kind of begun doing for her. Mm -hmm. How does that scripting process work when you have someone that is maybe a business owner or a brand, the head of a brand that is trying to build out that brand through content? How do you go about the scripting of that and figuring out what the content is going to actually consist of? Well, that's a good question. We're trying to figure that out. <laughs> but but so far, basically, you have to think like them. So that means you have to know their industry. You have to know them very well. You have to know their industry very well. You have to know what their people that follow them are looking for. So you kind of see those three things. And then from there, you say, okay, here's the topics that have done well. Here's some other things we can begin to fit along with this. So then you have the list of topics. You say, okay, what do you think about these topics? Great, good to go. From there... You write the scripts. You think, okay, if, if I'm in their shoes, what am I going to type out? How can I get creative with everything? And with that, it comes your own research. So you're putting your own time into doing the research to make their lives easier. Where do you look for that research? Comparable brands mm -hmm. online? Yeah, comparable brands studying the market. You know, a, a good example was we did one reel and we're talking about, you know, Real estate investing, well, from a podcast, they mentioned Warren Buffett, how he's been saving up all this money and everybody was calling him a fool, and now he's going to be able to buy everything on sale. Well, we were talking about going into recession and buying things. Guess what example I could take that from and talk about Warren Buffett there? And that was from me just strictly doing research and everything and piecing together. What are you most excited for in 2023? growth being looked at as a legitimate business when jacksonville thinks media company i at least want varns media company to pop in their head when they're listing potentials in jacksonville to use i just want to begin to show up in names you want to be kind of recognized yeah the big player i went from freelancer to a company and i no longer want to be known as andy varns i just want to be known as just varns media company this company in jacksonville what are the markers you think for measuring a company that has reached that point what does that mean going from andy varns the freelancer to varns media company the the business the established business i think with that revenue is going to be a big part of it i think who you've worked with is going to be a big part of it Strictly word of mouth over anything. Just people in the know, seeing your work, seeing your logo, seeing it, just popping and be like, oh, I've, I've heard of them. Name that, recognition. Yeah, that, that's that's all I'm looking for here, which we've done. Avery went to a seminar the other day, and she said who she was with, and they were like, oh, yeah, I've, I've heard about y'all. And I'm like, this that's awesome. There you go. You know? What are the biggest ways that you're looking to grow as an entrepreneur and as a business owner in 2023? Oh, gosh. Uh, business owner, entrepreneur. I'm very hard on myself for a reason. I, I feel like I'm no matter what, I can do a better job. Being more confident in what I'm doing on the managing side. Another thing I wanted to ask you about is, as you've been describing this, we've talked a lot about how you've grown Barnes Media Company over the years. And obviously, in starting any business, running any business, building any business, there's a lot that you're going to do the 
quote unquote wrong way before you figure out how to do it the right way. There's mm -hmm. a lot of trial and error. So one thing that came to mind that I wanted to ask you is kind of thinking about someone who may be watching this or thinking about getting into content, content management, someone really passionate about it or about video editing, whatever part of it, it may be that is thinking about building a company like Varn's media company. How would you, if you were starting from scratch today, having none of the network, none of the established brand name or anything, if you got dropped in the middle of a completely different city on the other side of the country or something where no one had ever heard of you or Varn's media company, how would you start it from scratch? The first thing I would look at to do is getting camera equipment good enough to film. And then from there, you're good with that. Just get it good enough to where it's a difference in quality from your iPhone quality. That's the first thing. And then from there, it's go to work. It is you're offering free photo shoots. What people don't understand is that you don't have to advertise as a photographer or videographer. Your clients do your advertising. That's one thing that most people don't understand is that by doing work for other people, even if it's pro bono, it's not pro bono because as long as they're posting it and they're giving you credit, you just paid for an ad essentially that's going to go to everybody local in your city that's going to see it. And if they're interested in video, well, there you go. They found a person. If they're interested in a photo, they found a person. So, so that's the first thing is go ahead and get out into people's feeds. Start showcasing your work. There was one photographer that really, really took off over the football season, and that's because he was just out there. He was just out there shooting, and I don't, I don't know how much he was charging. I don't know what you know his, his rates were in any sense or how much time he was spending out there. All I know is he was all over Instagram, and he completely blew up. Yep. Completely blew up. Made a couple extra thousand followers just over football season just by being out there on his Saturdays and Sundays and Friday nights. That would be the first step is just get out there and, and go for it. From there, it is finding what you're good at and doubling down on that. Where I found that I am really good at it is actually being at the shoot, networking, talking to people, taking the pictures, taking good video, and then from there, if I can find somebody else that could take out some of that back end, if I can show them how to edit properly and kind of organize properly, because that is not one of my strengths, then I'm going to do that next. And you're going to push the limit on that to where you just overwork yourself. And I'm, I'm a big component of I'm a big component of going ahead and getting the work and figuring it out later. Yep. You know, the. I'm, I'm, I'm Put not, yourself on the hook. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm a big, you know, I would much rather do that and say, okay, well, I got to figure it out over. I'm going to bring on this whole team. Well, suddenly I have to pay bills and that is, that's a whole different stress level factor of even, even with ours to where I have to know, I have to pay for, I have to pay for rent. I have to pay for other people's um, salaries and incomes to where they rely on me, that is a really, really tall order to ask. So get the work first. From there, get someone else that can kind of even you out, whether it's organization or maybe it is someone to where you can literally give them half of the profits if they go find the work. Finding you, a compliment to your yeah, skills. Yeah, just finding a compliment to yourself. And then from there, 
you you can kind of you can kind of go from there. That's what I would do if you're getting started completely brand new. It's get some equipment and just start booking a ton of shoots. It doesn't matter what you're charging. Just get out there and then from there build around that. Now, I think this is a perfect segue to talk a little bit about the personal brand building that you're starting to consider now because really what we'll get into is talking about how it's it's very much meant to help people that might be in a position like this. They're trying to build something like you've built. Talk a little bit about the decision to begin building out your personal brand a little bit more aside from just building Barnes Media Company. So I wouldn't necessarily call it necessarily a personal brand just yet. More so it's just documenting. I want to... Uh, help out kind of the the people that are, are are next in line and everything when i first got started people weren't telling me anything a good friend of mine nathan we always joke about how when we were getting started like nobody were, was sharing any secrets about everything everybody was giving us the cold shoulder we were two kind of just young photographers trying to figure everything out and we were just faking it till we make it and everything and he's now killing it down in tampa and he's with the bucks the rays and the lightning actually i mean he's he's all over the place looking back it's like man like we could have we could have had some help there so the way i'm going to basically frame everything is i'm just a couple steps in front of everybody i'm only i'm only three years ahead of 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 just getting started so hopefully they can they can get some value out of it and i'll be honest i'll have a lot of people that they'll come up and be like hey how do you do this how do you do this i'll be like it would just be a lot easier to say, hey, here's a video, and I'm kind of breaking it down. I've never released anything, but I kind of have a stockpile of, of videos that I've created. Do you so, have a goal date for launch in mind yet? Too early to tell? Or? Too, too early to tell. Probably th probably a couple months ago, it was at the new year, but now the new year is getting really yeah. close, and I'm like, uh, we'll see. I don't know. It's very difficult for me to put stuff like that out there. I really enjoy being behind the scenes, in all honesty. That's one of the reasons I decided to want to be a company because I didn't want to be in front of people. I like just kind of being a part of a part of the crowd in a, in a lot of ways. Instead of being known as, you know, Andy Varnes, I like to be Varnes Media strictly because I don't want to be singled out too yeah. much. So it's going to be pretty uncomfortable. I tried it. I tried it before and I did not like it whatsoever. Trying it now again, I like it better. I'm enjoying kind of the process of writing out what, what I've learned and all the, honestly, it's all just mistakes that I've made. I think having the perspective of not really necessarily being drawn to being the face of it, I think having that and deciding to make it more about documenting it is a good call because that that reframes it a little bit. It changes the focus to just really documenting best practices rather than trying to grow a personal brand. And it makes it more about just providing value. That's the whole goal. We'll see what, what comes from it. But what I hope is that in 10 years when Varnes Media is still around and it's still successful, people can go back and, and, and watch and just watch, okay, from, from this date to this date, he kind of documented everything from the how he got clients versus how he streamlined processes to how he, you know, organized in certain ways, how he built out his studio. That was one of the biggest reasons that I decided to go and do it was when I went and got the studio, I had no idea what to do. I didn't know what 
backdrops to buy. I didn't know how much even the startup cost should be. Yeah. You know, I had completely no idea. I was com- I was going in completely blind. I had no idea how to make money with the studio necessarily. I, I mean, it it was things like that where I'm like, there's there's got to be stuff out there for it. Mm-hmm. But but there but there wasn't. Everything was jumped, you know, 15 years in the future to where it was people that were showcasing their $100,000, you know, studio space on everything and showcase, well, we have this, we have this and it's like I'm not starting there. You yeah. know, wait, wait, what's a, what's a good starting point? Yeah. I think you identified a really good gap there that hopefully it'll help a lot of people that are looking to maybe get their first studio or just start out with their first camera. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anything else that you would want to go over and share with the audience? I think I'm good. Y'all go ahead and like and subscribe on his video and everything. I'm telling you, 2023, his stuff's taking off, so I'm excited for it. So is yours. Like and subscribe on Andy's YouTube channel when it comes out, hopefully soon. (laughs) Look out for that. But um, When's this video being released? (laughs) (laughs) Probably early New Year, so you might still be still be in the works with that but i know you'll you'll get it out there soon enough thank you again for coming on the show and sharing everything that's been going on with barnes media company i think 2023 is going to be another great year for you absolutely. a lot of growth coming absolutely i like the shirt thank you i like your shirt thank you <laughs> <laughs> decided to wear each other's brands today absolutely absolutely all right well this has been profession session i've been your host brody vinson and my guest has been andy varns of varns media company that's been a little peek into what growing as a media company in 2022 has been like and stay tuned for all of his growth coming in 2023 i will make sure you can find andy as well as anything regarding barnes media company in the details down below or the show notes if you're listening on audio thanks again for tuning in don't forget to like comment and subscribe and thanks so much for tuning into profession session i'm your host brody vinson and if you learned anything or enjoyed this video or podcast don't forget to subscribe here on youtube where all of our other interviews can be found we can also be found on all major podcast platforms including spotify and apple podcasts as well as all the socials linkedin instagram tiktok facebook you name it So find us anywhere, follow, like, comment, leave us a review on any podcast platforms that you enjoy. And if you know anyone that you think would be a great fit to be on the show, get in contact with me anywhere and just let me know and they could be the next to tell their story here on Profession Session.